This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode number 144. Today, we're talking about finding loads. Now, let's file this one under vital. I'm your host, Craig. Over there, he's Chris. How's it going, Chris? Good. How are you? Yeah, you know, not too bad. Good. We are recording this the day after Christmas. What's the square root of 144? (sighs) 12. Ah, look at you go. I'm pulling out the math brains. (laughs) Are you really asking me to do fast (laughs) math today, Chris? Hey, you got it. Surprised us all. Well, you know, I remembered my (laughs) fifth grade times tables. Thank you very much. All right. So, Chris, we're recording this the day after Christmas. Hope everybody else had a great Christmas. I know we did, um, which makes it sound like we celebrated it together uh, in our cozy little podcast studio (laughs) with the Christmas tree in the corner. Now, anyway, uh, but speaking of trees, I'm hoping that this episode, Chris, will be evergreen. Okay, because uh, this is going to be an important topic that people should be able to refer to time and again. And also that was an A plus transition. There you go. Yeah, I I think this is going to be one of the best um, topics that that uh, we'll ever have on the podcast It's such a critical task in uh, in a trucking company. And um, it's about time we put some like real effort into it. So it'll be this will be good. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot in the past about uh, Chris kind of slowly uh, transitioning from the external third-party broker to uh, or uh, uh, dispatcher to your own internal system. So you're slowly going through that and you're going to share some of the systems you use, the processes that you use. And we are going to get to all of that after I remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com. That's hollandassetsllc.com. And you can also go to motorcarrierhq.com Uh, for the tools and tips and merch like what we are wearing on the youtube video hey youtube audience how's it going all right so chris now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way let's talk finding loads uh well unless you know what should we back up do do you have any stories from the road you want to share because i I always ask a few painful ones yeah you uh yeah this last week's been a little bit of a last couple weeks has I, been a little bit of a challenge i do delight in hearing about your pain yeah so so, so this will yeah this will be some good pain stories um first one we'll talk a little bit about a, a fun time getting loaded with a load so this was down in yuma arizona mm. do you know anything about yuma arizona yeah that there's a 310 there a 310 the it, 310 to yuma no oh, yeah well, okay the, the song no, that's a, that's a movie, man. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, uh, you work too I'm hard, sorry. Chris. I'm, yeah, I'm You lame, work way huh? too hard. Anyway, Yuma, Arizona, um, this time of year, it, it becomes um, a hub for um, produce. Okay. Because you get produce coming out of Mexico because of yeah. weather. So wintertime, a lot of produce comes out of Yuma. And produce can kind of have its own challenges. And this is one of those loads that um, it's got two pickups, which we try to avoid multiple pickups, but you can't always. And and we decided to take this load. There was enough in it that I could compensate my driver a little bit for it because on top of, um, two pickups at each pickup, he had to pulp the produce. So what that means to go back, back into the trailer trailer with a thermometer, put the thermometer in. It was like broccoli and cauliflower. Mm. Um, I think some celery, stuff like that. Put the thermometer in some of the product, just measure the temperature, take a picture of it, record it on the bill of lading. For how that, often? Every? Um, just at each pickup. So he, oh, he had okay. to do a couple of a couple temperature readings at each pickup. Um, goes to the first pickup, it goes pretty smooth. He's in and out fairly quickly. Um, goes to the second pickup, and there's a, a little bit of time between the first and the second the the broker told me it'll probably be ready by 1400 on <laughs> the day and you're like, really okay. inspiring mm-hmm. confidence yeah. i'm sure and but the appointment's not till 1700 and I'm like okay so he he ends up getting there kind of even taking taking his time getting there between the first and the second stop he gets there like right around 1400 yeah um and anyway it's not ready surprise surprise <laughs> you know so we're thinking okay 1700 appointment it'll be ready sometime shortly after that um zero five in the morning the next day he finally gets called to go to the door to 
you know, back his truck up to the door at 5 a.m. So 12 hours passed when the appointment time is um, 15 15 hours hours after he got there. So he gets there, he backs up, gets loaded. Um, You know, the, the loading doesn't take too long. It's like an hour, pulls away and starts to go pulp things. And then he, he realizes he's looking at the paperwork, you know, filling the bill of lading out and realizes they've loaded product that is going to Pompano Beach, Florida, when he's supposed to be going up to Lacey, Washington. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, for, for those of you who aren't uh, really up to snuff on your U.S. geography, I'm going to go ahead and call those <laughs> opposite corners of the country. <laughs> they are literally opposite <laughs> corners of the country. And so he notices it luckily calls me i call the broker you know we talked to the shipper and and they had loaded his product onto another truck and another truck's product onto our truck the other truck driver didn't notice but luckily he hadn't left the property yet so anyway they back both of the trucks up to doors next to each other so they can just kind of swap and the next thing so they start pulling the old product off which was only like three pallets it wasn't very much yeah and um the driver joel he's he's notices hey they're pulling off he can like tell they're pulling off more than just three pallets worth so he like goes and stops everything (laughs) (laughs) finally you know after much wailing and gnashing of teeth like we get everything all straightened out get everything loaded back on and they end up shorting the product that we were supposed to get you know we were supposed to get like i can't even remember 120 cases they only end up loading 100 cases on and um so then we we spend like another i have about 45 minutes like verifying with the broker that we're okay to leave that the shipper's okay with us going with that short of product and to make a long story short we were but this is like one of those situations where like okay so many things got messed up getting the load on the Mm -hmm. truck when we go to pull it all off is it going to be okay? And, <laughs> and luckily was it? it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it, it ended up what making an anticlimactic so, ending to the story. It, I was hoping that it, like it, there were going to be some hidden bombs or, you know, it's, it's something spicy and exciting. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I don't want hidden bombs on the truck. I'm that not saying sound you like should fun. want it. I just want the story. <laughs> no, but we, we ended up, we did end up getting layover, but that's still, that load ended up getting delivered 24 hours later because it took so long to get loaded which you know hurts the revenue on the truck and right yeah you know. and so yeah okay first of all that sounds painful and awful but speaking of missing out on revenue on a truck you were saying something about truck number four having issues yeah so then truck number four this is even w- worse truck number four has had a rough month um it's <laughs> the one that got that had the issue in el paso which the differential oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. finally get it back home and that you know get it back home after going through the rental, then going back down, picking truck number four back up. Um, and it, and it does a little ring route, gets back up into Idaho twin falls where the driver lives. And, and it was having a little bit more like a sensor type issue. And so we decided to drop it off at the, at the shop to have them look at that as well. And so this is on a Friday. It gets dropped off after, you know, this is less than probably to maybe 3,000 miles that it's driven since the differential's been replaced. And, and the sensor on the differential's going crazy. Oh, And so it gets dropped off on Friday. They told us, well, we'll try to look at it over the weekend if we can, but probably not more likely till Monday. Monday comes around. They say they're diagnosing it. Give us a few little blah, blah, blahs. Nothing. Haven't found anything. Fast forward. It's not till finally on Friday that they've like, well, Thursday, Friday, after we get like all the management involved, like they, we just kept getting a runaround. We're diagnosing it. We're diagnosing it. We're diagnosing it. To make a long story short, there was like a wiring issue and then they get the wiring issue fixed. And then we kind of go through the same issue with a bunk heater. The bunk heater was having issues too. And, and the bunk heater is like, it's a pretty simple um, piece of equipment mm-hmm. that keeps the truck cabin sure. warm when the, the truck's turned off. And they they spend like eight hours diagnosing it to finally decide it just needs to be replaced. Wow. Yeah. So like a thousand dollars worth of labor to replace a fifteen hundred dollar part. And so you, you're almost spending as much in labor as what the thing's even freaking worth. So 
to make a long story short, we end up getting it replaced, complain about the the price tag and they kind of comp us for <laughs> some of the time. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those things that it shouldn't take, it shouldn't be that hard to, right. to fix. Um, anyway, so that truck ends up stopped for almost a whole week, Monday, well, mm. really Friday through Friday. Cause we didn't get, we weren't able to pick up the load that that truck was leaving on until Friday. So on Friday, driver gets in the truck, drives it to where he's picking up his load, gets there and the airbag suspension airbag on it has a hole in it. <laughs> oh, we're not done you know, yet. I don't, you I, can't st- no, I don't, don't start. Like hold these, your laughing till the end. I don't like these stories anymore, Chris. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. So airbag, we get it, we get, we get it loaded. A mobile mechanic that we use a lot real close by goes mm. and patches it up. Well, you replace the airbag, right. replaces the airbag truck finally gets on the road, like towards the end of the day. And this, this is a, you know, one of our drivers that likes to run early in the morning. Mm. So mid afternoon, roughly he's on the road, starts driving three hours up Spanish Fort Canyon, highway six, one of the most dangerous roads in the country. And the, a coolant line explodes. So he stopped on the, the side of the road dead, waiting for a mobile mechanic to come fix that. So yeah, that do was, I get to laugh? That at, you know, yeah. Now you can okay. laugh. That's the end. That, uh-huh, that was the uh-huh. last of it. That's no. The, this that's a brutal story. It was brutal. So that truck since then went all the way to Florida and is currently all the way back to California over Christmas with no issues. It like a it's good, a Christmas miracle. Good, yeah, Chris. Good, like seven or eight days of of no issues. That's <laughs> it's been nice. It is a Christmas miracle. Well, all right. Speaking of Christmas miracles, should we actually get to our main Let's topic? Get, yeah, this, this is going to be a long episode because the episode itself, the topics, the, probably going to take a little bit of time. We've got a little time. Uh, yeah, we've, we're going to devote a little bit of time to this. Uh, so we're going to be doing a few of these, right, Chris? This is um, this is episode one about finding loads, how you find loads. Yeah. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're thorough with this. So we're going to be devoting not just a lot of time today, but multiple episodes to this, right? Yeah, probably. I, I've i got kind of planned out at least three, probably four. And, and I honestly, I think it's probably going to be even more than that mm. as we get into kind of more and more detail and start talking about some of the finer points of dispatching right finding okay loads. well where do you want to start with this uh do you do you want to start at the beginning of when you started uh, uh bringing dispatching back in-house yeah that sounds good so um back in the first of october so we're talking almost three months ago at this point i i booked my first load we decided that for hauling assets it was going to be best to stop using the third-party service that we've been using mm-hmm. and bring it bring finding loads and dispatching in-house we just felt that with the expense savings and and some of the other synergies we were get because we've already been finding a lot of our own direct loads out of Utah. Um, we've been doing that on our own for longer than that. We we just felt like for a lot of different reasons it was time to bring it in house. So first of October we started that transition. Plan on it taking five or six months. Um, I took on two trucks in October, two more in November, two more in December. So I'm up to six. And two more coming in in, in January. January. So, okay. um, you know, we've I've been doing it for for a while. Um, and it's and a, this is this is not a simple thing, right? No. You're putting in a lot of hours on this. It's it's a lot of work. I, yeah. I um, <laughs> there's a reason why you were using a third party system. Yeah, for there a is long a reason. Time. I I before you know before I started dispatching, I was probably spending ten maybe on a really heavy week, 20 hours a week working on hauling assets. Now I'm, I'm spending more like 40 to 50 hours a week. So full-time job just on hauling assets. And then, you know, you've got your other, I got my other stuff on top of that. So like for the most part, um, especially the last month where I've had six trucks, you know, I'm, I'm working 50 to 70 hours a week, um, getting it all done. So that's, that's obviously not long-term sustainable, but it is something that I can, and I plan on doing for the next three to nine months. And the reason I decided to do it myself was so that I could help develop the systems and processes that, that we're going to use and that we can train people on as we have, you know, we bring employees in house that can, Mm. um, work on the dispatching. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're working on the dispatching. You're putting a ton, a ton of time into this. What has been? 
we're going to dive into the specifics of what you're doing, what tools you're using and whatnot, but kind of high level, what have been the best and worst parts of it? Do you want to let us in on that? Um, yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good question. Some of the, some of the best parts of it are it's giving me even more insight into the business and, and letting me make some tweaks and changes to help us, you know, kind of get out of the funk that we've been in. We've mm-hmm. been talking a little bit about, you know, a little bit about the last year. Yeah. And, and talking <laughs> about some of the, the minor tweaks we've been making, lots of little tweaks to make, make some big progress, big improvements and, and getting, more intimate knowledge with the whole finding loads process and dispatching mm. is is helping us make more and more of these little tweaks and changes. So that's like one of the biggest positives of doing dispatching in-house. Um, you know, it's not necessarily anything against the, you know, previous dispatchers that we've been using. Um, it, it's more that I've got a whole more of a holistic picture of everything within the business. Like I, I know the profitability, mm-hmm. I know the expenses to, to every detail. I know the trucks and the drivers and, and our shipper relationships, everything. And, and it just, it, with that complete picture, I can make better decisions and build those better processes. So that's, that's been really good. Um, one of the challenges is just, it's just, it's so time consuming. It's so fast paced, um, to, to do it well and to do it successfully, you've got to be just incredibly organized. You've got to be able to pay attention to detail. And that's why this podcast episode is going to be so important because it, you have to have good systems to be able to do the job of finding loads and dispatching effectively. Well, let's dig right into that then. The systems that you use, let's just talk about what you've been doing the last three months. What what systems do you have in place already that you've liked? So the, we'll start with just the very basic. So you, obviously to do this well, you've got to have a computer. Some people might say, well, I can do anything I need to from my phone. Eh, technically, that technically, might be true. In, in some ways you can, although there are some things like we'll talk about load boards that are much better on a computer screen than they are on an app on a phone. Right. And so in my opinion, you're going to do the best job if you've got a computer screen. And, and so what, I've got a computer set up, two monitors. I think two monitors is also another one of those things that you really, if you can get, if you're driving in the truck and on the road, you can get little attachable monitors that can go on a laptop so you can mm-hmm. still have two monitors. And I think that's critical. If you go into the show notes, um, there's going to be a lot of info, a lot of links in the show notes to some of the things that I'm going to be talking about. Um, but I've also included a picture of one of my computer setups at, at one of my offices so you can kind of see what uh, what my setup looks like right now okay so you've got that because the the load boards that whatever else you're using they operate better on a larger screen preferably two so you can kind of juggle between the two of them but are you ever using your phone uh, like as a backup system or you know hey i'm on the go and i don't have access or are you ever on your phone I, for this i stuff? am all the time yeah. um and so it's it's good to have you you need to have both um, because there are times when you can't be sitting at your computer and you want to be able to do as much as you possibly can for phone from your phone. So a lot of these systems that we talk about are either going to have an app that's that you can use on your phone or are you going to want to get something specific to the phone so you can do a certain function from your phone if you're not sitting at your computer. And as we go throughout the episode, I'll try to talk a little bit about um, where there are, are differences between what you're going to see on the computer versus what the uh, what you can do on your phone. Right. Okay. Uh, anything else on that kind of basic physical systems? But it goes without saying you do need to have email. Um, I, I recommend like a lot of the times, you know, trucking companies will use like ABC trucking at gmail.com and right. just use a, a regular Gmail address. I mean, that's okay, but you're going to look way more professional, especially if you're going out after bigger brokers or shippers, um, with a, if you can, if you can get a domain that's specific to you and it's really not that expensive to do. So I would, I would definitely recommend you get your own domain and, and especially another one of the benefits of having your own domain is, um, brokers and shippers are becoming way more leery of, um, like Gmail addresses because that's where like a, a company that's trying to perpetuate fraud. Mm. They're typically not purchasing a domain, right. like setting up what looks like a legit entity. They're doing stuff through 
you know, a Gmail address and that they get doing, for free. They're doing it as cheaply and quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, and so you're not committing fraud, dear listener, but you're uh, potentially lumping yourself in with those who may be. Yep. At, at the very even if it's not about fraud, it's, uh, you know, hey, I'd, I'd rather go with somebody who's established and you'll look a lot more established. Like you said, it's a professionalism uh, that my uh, one of my favorite people in the world is a, a beer brewer here in Salt Lake City. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. And that is aesthetics matter. Uh, and then he went on to explain what he meant in the beer industry, but you know that it has been applicable all over the place the last few years since he told me that aesthetics matter. You might not, you you might wish it didn't, but, but it, it does. does. Yeah, and then the same thing that perception of your business, that's, yeah, that matters exactly. Yeah. And and having a legitimate email address is part of that. Yeah. Okay. Good. So that's your computer. What about uh, you're on the phone a lot? I'm sure. Yeah. How do you? All the time. <laughs> and I don't mean uh, on the, like, on the apps or, you know, typing out emails or something, but you're actually talking to people a lot. You are. How do you deal with that? So I, in, in my situation, I use two different phone systems. I've got, we'll start with a cell phone. Cell phone, obviously, everybody's pretty familiar with those. You use your cell phone. <laughs> right. Um, the way that I got it set up, too, is I also have a VoIP phone. Um, you're you're a, you're a techie nerd geek guy. Um, Voice you, over internet protocol. Yeah. So yeah. See, now we're getting into acronyms <laughs> I can know. Enough of this uh, overland tax national base system stuff. I I don't know all your fancy trucking acronyms, Chris. So so why don't you explain acronyms? what a voice phone just system say? is? <laughs> uh, Voice over internet protocol. So basically, instead of using the the radio signals from the tower being sent out it's uh you're, you're making a phone call over the internet so mm-hmm. anytime you facetime somebody well that's video included but you're that's same the same thing. kind of yep. deal right and so th- there are phone systems that are for all intents and purposes i mean they work just like a regular landline phone system yep. and you can even text through them usually one of the nice things and, and one of the reasons i really recommend using a voip system is you can get VoIP systems that will automatically record phone calls. Mm. And then if a broker tells you something over the phone and then they renege on that later on, you're like, oh, well, listen to this phone call. You can hear yourself say it. And and I know Jake, my our, our dispatcher, has used that several times. And it, it's just one of those things that protect you. Sure. Brutally, so, but, uh, but protectively. Yeah, very, <laughs> it, it, very protective. So a VoIP system is something I'd recommend having. And, and one of the nice things about it is you can actually get an app on your phone so you can make the, the calls through the VoIP phone number mm-hmm. right straight from your phone. Um, you can do it from a computer browser. So you can just, you know, if you've got like got a I headset use, or something, yeah, you use a regular headset, you can Bluetooth that to your computer and you can speak right through it. You can text right from your computer. So rather than trying to do it with just thumbs, you can type, um, yeah. you know, a lot easier. Um, so there's a lot of good reasons to have, a VoIP system. And so the way that I use it, and if you're, if you're an owner operator, um, you're, you're not, you're obviously not going to use it this way, but I use my VoIP system and my VoIP phone number for my interactions with brokers. Cause that, those are the calls I really want recorded. And then I use my cell phone mostly for my interactions with drivers. Um, and, and it, and it's super handy that way. Right. Okay. Excellent. So, uh, you're, you've got your computer set up, you've got your VoIP phone set up, you've got a cell phone that you can use, you know, as a normal cell phone, should the need arise. Uh, now let's talk about where you go with these load boards and, and other things. What, what do you do with your okay. systems that you've set up? Be- before we get to that real quick, let me just give oh, you okay. two examples of, of oh, VoIP, oh. VoIP systems. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. These are just two of kind of the more common ones that kind of came to my mind. Ring Central is one, and then Nextiva is isn't or is it Nextivia? Nextivia. There, yeah. Nextivia. No, it's Next Nextiva. Nextiva. Ne- yeah, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> however you pronounce it, it's in the show notes with a link to their website. So, this episode brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. We should ask them if we could be their sponsors. Do you think they'll take us up? No, I think they should be ours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, there you go. We're not paying them to advertise their product. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So you can go look in the show notes. And you can find that there. Now we can transition to okay. Uh, all right. To load boards. So yeah. Uh, now what do you do with all these systems? I, what, I biggest one that we access. One that's obviously super critical is load boards. Right. Um, and there's two load boards mostly that I use. There's 
there's a lot of like TQL, one of the bigger brokers, they'll have their own load board, but then they also post the loads onto one of the more general public load boards. So um, you've got lots of these little tiny load boards that different brokers and shippers and um, factoring companies have. And, and those smaller ones, typically the load may be posted on that smaller one, but it's also posted one of the bigger, more common load boards. And so the two biggest and, and what I think are the most common load boards that you should look at having are DAT, D-A-T, and um, truckstop.com. Also, internet it's called internettruckstop.com too, um, but they've kind of shortened their name to just truckstop.com. Again, I'll have both of the links mm. to these places um, online in the show notes, but let's talk a little bit about um, my experience with them. Yeah. So let's talk DAT first. That's probably the one, not probably, it is the one by far that I've used the most. I have both of them. And that's right DAT.com. Okay. Um, I not sure I'm going to keep truckstop.com long-term. Like I, it, I can't even think off the top of my head of an instance where I was able to find a load on it when I couldn't find as equally good a load on DAT. Okay. And so right now I'm paying for two. I, I plan on, I planned on doing that for a while just to see if, if that's really, if, if I need both of them or if, mm-hmm. if I can get away with just one of them. And I don't feel like I've given truckstop.com a complete full shake like fair analysis yet but so far i'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards toward just DAT. yeah, yeah. sorry i'm gonna call keep calling i know you say dat that's faster but you can uh, call dat i'm calling it that so people remember what it is there you go <laughs> um so let, let's talk a little bit about some of the advantages one yeah. versus the other um dat dat seems to have more loads on it um a couple of things that I really like about it too is you with both of them, you can set up multiple searches and you can have searches going on. But one of the things I really like about that is you can turn an audible alarm on and off on mm. it. So you can set load search parameters and we'll have an episode later on that where we'll kind of really dive into how I use the load boards. Um, but one of the things I really like about that is that audible alarm. So I can set up search parameters and if I want to, I can turn on that audible alarm for one or multiple of the searches that I've got running at the same time. And as soon as a no, new load pops onto that thing, it'll ding at me and I can be doing something else. I'll hear the ding and I can go back and I can see the specifics because to really do that, to do the, this well, like especially if you're in a place like Florida where loads go like that, yeah, you've yeah. got to call or email immediately. So this this is reminding me for anybody who hasn't used one of these systems before it's like myself it's reminding me of something like uh, if you're job searching you go on Indeed or Monster or whatever and you upload your profile and your resume and your you can set your own parameters this is the kind of job I want to do right so this is a similar thing if I'm understanding correctly where you go in and you set up who you are I I run out of here I have these preferred routes uh, you know, I'm willing to take this or that or the other. Um, and once you have your profile set up, your parameters set up, then you can have it tell you when something matches. Is so that there's about two right? ways to do that? Yes. Um, you can, you can load your truck info and say, Hey, I've got a refrigerated truck in the Dallas area. That's going to mm-hmm. be available on the 26th. And then shippers can search for you and find it. I haven't found that to be particularly helpful. I was thinking not not so much shippers per se, but just the system. If something matches, does it? Is so that what you're talking the about with the it, alarm? The other way you do it, yes. So the other the other thing that you can do is you go into the system and you say you tell the system, "Hey, I've got a I'm looking for reefer loads out of um, Seattle on the 26th," um, and and then it'll pull everything available going out of Seattle. And you can you can narrow it down and say, hey, I want something that goes from Seattle to Salt Lake. Right. And and then it'll only show you those loads that are from Seattle to Salt Lake on a certain day with certain weight specifications. There's right. other things you can do to kind of filter. Okay. Stuff cool. Yeah, out. forgive me. I'm uh, I'm really getting down to the elementary basics here, Chris. So, <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. What else uh, do you like about DAT? The, one of the other things I really like about it is it's got, it's kind of a, a heat map type thing where it shows a map of the United States mm. and it shows the different 
markets or regions. So like there's going to be a Dallas market, there's going to be a McAllen, Texas market, there's going to be a, a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania market. And it will show um, if there's more inbound loads or more outbound no- loads. So it'll show if it's a strong market for stuff going out or if it's a weak market for stuff going out in each one of those those um, areas. So I can go in if I say, hey, I've got a truck that I'm trying to find a load out of Florida. I know Florida is a terrible place to get loads out of, but I wanted to send it to one of these hotter markets. What are the hotter markets? Mm, and yeah. then that'll give me an indication of where I might want to take um, one of those, where I want to take that truck. Got it. So that's uh, both internet truck stop and DAT have that, but I think DATS is better. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, that's now, once you once you've got all this set up, you've got maybe some possibilities out there. How do you organize all of your potential loads or whatever? I mean, I know how you love spreadsheets. Is it as simple as setting up a spreadsheet yeah, for organizing all this? There, it is. Yeah. Well, yes and no. So <laughs> there's there's things there's programs that are called a, a TMS transportation management system. Oh, sure. Um, you can use those or, so we just used a spreadsheet for, for a while and you can track all this with spreadsheets. And one of the nice things about spreadsheets is, you know, they're really essentially free. Right. Google doc or Google sheets uh, is free to everybody. Yep. And so it, it's super nice. You can, you can use that. Doesn't cost you anything. Whereas you can buy other systems that are way more complicated you know, going to cost you 20 to $40 a month per truck, typically, mm. um, depending on what you're doing. We just started using one of those when I started dispatching. And I, I really think if you've got any more than five trucks, you need to transition away from spreadsheets. If you've got less than five trucks, you can get away using just spreadsheets, but you're, you're more likely to have errors. It's harder to stay organized. It's harder to stay on top of things when you've got the more trucks that you've got trying to do it all just through a spreadsheet. Right. This is, yeah, this is a really common situation. I think across a lot of industries, there are going to be free tools that will help you get started. But once you, once you're really rolling, you're going to probably want to upgrade to something more robust. I mean, I see this in podcasting all the time. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what else do you use for organization or uh, in your TMS? Um, one of the other things, and it, and it kind of integrates with the TMS, that the TMS system, you can integrate the load board with, you can integrate QuickBooks with. Oh, nice. You can integrate um, uh, your ELD with, and that's one, another one mm-hmm. of the things I want to talk about. So you've got your electronic logging device and that, you know, most of those systems will show you where your, all your trucks are at any given time. So if you're dispatching multiple trucks, you can see where they are. Um, you can make sure they're on pace to be to their delivery on time. You know, it, it, it's a critical thing just so that you can, you've got a good pulse on where your entire fleet is, what they're doing and, and um, what do you use how things are going. for we your use, ELD? It, we use motive. Okay. Used to be keep trucking. They changed their name, rebranded to motive. That's what we've used from day one. And it's a good user-friendly, easy system. Drivers can use it. Um, it it's got a really good user interface. So I, I've liked it. It's been a good system. Okay. All right. Next up, what uh, what other systems fit into this? Uh, well, for lack of a better word, Chris, system. One of the things that you need to be able to do is um, you need to be able to digitally sign things. Mm. So whenever you contract a new load, there's two things that happen. Um, you have to, if, if it's with a broker you've never used before, you have to fill out a broker packet, right. which is essentially a contract between you and them that kind of just you know explains the terms of service each each party's responsibilities just your your regular contract but then every time you haul a load from them you also get a rate confirmation which shows the you know typically the pickup point the drop off point what you're going to be hauling how much it is if it's a reefer load what the temperature's at um, and and then it'll show what they're going to pay you to do that right. and and whenever you get a new load you're going to get sent that you have to sign it and return it and so you've got to have something. You don't want to be like printing that out, signing it, scanning it back. You can, there's programs out there that you can use where you can just digitally sign it. Right. Um, and so if you're using a Microsoft-based computer, um, Adobe Acrobat DC, just the free version of mm-hmm. Adobe Acrobat has the ability to do that. Um, if you're using a Mac, 
um, just the, the previewer app that comes with your Mac has the ability to do that. Um, if you're using an Android phone, there is, um, I think it's Adobe, Adobe fill and fill. sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can use that and you can do it straight from your phone. And then also iPhone just has, um, it's, it's native PDF viewer. You can sign stuff, um, just using your iPhone. So you've got to, you've got to be able to have something so you can, cause you're digitally signing stuff right. all the time. And this is not, again, with all of these things that we just listed, none of these will cost you anything. You yep. need to be able to do it. You got to set it up, but it won't cost you. Um, okay. And I've got links for all that stuff too. Right. So right. in the show notes, you can, you can find all that. At hollandassetsllc.com, Chris. There you go. Uh-huh. Look at you go. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next? Um, another thing that is often missed that I think is really, really important is credit checks. And, and what I mean by credit checks is anytime you're going to haul loads for a broker, especially if they're a new broker, you want to be confident that you're going to get paid by by this broker. It's kind of important. <laughs> it's one of them things. It's one of those things. So load boards will always have like you can you can pull up information about the broker in the load board and the load board has some basic information about what their credit score is and how long their average day to pay is. Is this an, an actual like FICO credit score or is this a kind of an internal in, industry score? It's an, it's an industry score okay. and it's based on, you know, typically mostly it's really done by factoring companies. Factoring companies have a central database that they all use where they report. Um, this is how much this company's paying us every month and or how much, how much in invoices were receiving from them every month. This is how long on average they take to pay um, and, and those kind of things. And so that all gets reported. The, the load board somehow subscribed to either that or some similar information. And so they'll typically have a credit score in their average days to pay. The thing that I think is like, I don't completely trust the load board credit score system because I, I, it, it doesn't seem to be as true to me. Like I'm able to see on, on the factoring side a little bit more detail and they always don't line up. And I trust what I can see on the other side a little bit more. And so is that, is it because it's gameable? Like people can, I, companies can go in and kind of juice the numbers. Well, a little I, bit? I think for instance, like a lot of the times I will see the the days to pay being vastly different. Mm. And the reason behind that is because, um, I, this is my own opinion. Like, I don't know this for sure, but my suspicion is, is that if somebody selects a quick pay where they, you know, the broker can either pay you in normal terms, which is 30 days, or you can select quick pay, which is maybe three days, but then you're going to pay, you know, a 3% charge to do that. They're reporting, um, a quick pay as a three day pay instead of a 30 day pay, where in reality you're getting that faster because right. you paid for it. And so their, their so it's, days it's, to pay may be 15 where that's half of them are paying, half of the clients are just taking it at full value at 30 days where the right. other half are getting right. it quicker at, at two or three because they're doing the quick pay. And so to me, that's not really a realistic average days to pay a 14. So it's, you're saying that the factoring company's uh, scores are treating apples and oranges like apples and oranges. Yeah. It, okay. Right. And I, I just think it's a little bit more true. So if you're using a factoring company, most factoring companies are going to have, like they're typically going to require you to go into their system. They've got a essentially a, a credit re- request system where you'll type in the, the broker's MC number or maybe their name and their address. And it will tell you if, um, if they're approved, what their average day to pay is, if they've got a credit limit with the factoring company. And I trust that information typically a lot more than I would um, the load boards credit systems. Yeah. Okay. So it's critical to have one of those things. That's a long answer for talking about credit scores, but you, again, like we've talked about this in the podcast where we've gotten burned a handful of times mm-hmm. taking loads and never gotten paid for them. And so you want to mitigate the risk of that happening as much as you possibly can. You're never going to eliminate it, but you want to be as sure as you possibly can when you contract with somebody you've never done business with before. Um, that you're going to be relatively certain you're going to get paid. Right. And it's even not a bad idea with people that you do do business every, you know, regularly with to, to, to check them once a month and just make sure they're not running into some kind of financial problem and not right. paying their bills. Right. And before you run into that problem with them. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, 
after that, like you said, long answer about uh, about credit checks. Let's slow down, have a little small talk. Let's okay. chat about. Let's talk about the weather, Chris. <laughs> like two old men. Should we just sitting talk, on the porch? Talk about the weather. Well, this this time of year, weather gets kind of dicey. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> no, I'm uh, uh, dealing with the weather is an important part of, of dispatching is. and and yeah. uh, finding loads, right? Especially last like last year. I still have PTSD from how much <laughs> Wyoming I eighty got shut down. Oh, because oh, of bad don't. weather, it was terrible. That you know what we needed the water out here in the desert, Chris. So I'm grateful for that. But woof, oh, it was I eighty was yeah, uh, I seventy as well. Forget about yeah. it. So this time of year, like I keep my eye on the like every day. I'm looking at at the weather, and there's a few a few different things that I look at. One of my favorites is the National Weather Service. They've got a website again in the show notes um that will will show you kind of what's going on across the country you can see where it's snowing you can see where you know the major storms are so that you can um plan your loads accordingly like sometimes like if i know a a load let's let's take salt lake leaving salt lake as an example if i know there is a big storm coming across that's going to hit wyoming i i'm probably going to try to avoid any load that goes like into either into the Midwest or the Northeast, nope. because then I'd have to go through um, I-80. I-80. But if I get something um, like say into Florida or into Georgia, where I-80 would normally be my fastest route, but it's not that many more miles or that much more time to go down South, hop on 40 mm-hmm. and take yeah, 40 yeah. all the way yeah. across. And so I'm, I'm looking at that stuff all the time. Same thing about coming, coming back to Salt Lake. I may look at, look at that weather forecast and decide, Hey, you know what, rather than going I 80, I'm going to do 70 because this storm's going to miss 70, but it's going to nail I 80. So I'm looking at that all the time. Right. So you, the national weather service is obviously going to be, uh, have a large amount of coverage nationwide, uh, showing you weather patterns and whatnot. Uh, if you want to get local, there are going to be some specific places you can go every state every locality has their own things i don't know that we need to get into the specifics on locals but uh uh, anything you wanted to say about that so there are i'm going to put um three websites as an example on in the show notes um wyoming oregon what for wyoming oregon washington and nebraska because those are the four that i use the most where we have a tendency to run into bad weather but each state every state i've ever looked at has a website where you can see essentially current traffic conditions like if you just google traffic conditions in washington um, you'll find their website they've got a map of the state they've got all the roads and it's you know just like in google maps it's colored green or yellow or red but mm-hmm. then they've also got like cameras and and other things so you like you can actually pull up um, the traffic cameras, and you can look at what the road looks like. Mm. You know, and, and Wyoming goes into detail and it'll say what the surface temperature of the road is. Oh, wow. And, um, other things, so you can get kind of a good idea of, you know, is my truck going to be able to make it through there okay? Is the road actually shut down? Um, is it likely to get shut down? And um, you can make better decisions by using those state-specific websites. Okay, all right. That's that's the weather we've got. Two more systems to go through, Chris. Uh, what's next? Um, you've got to have a place to store everything. So I, I like a cloud-based storage system. Um, so like if you're using a Mac, iCloud, if you're using a PC, there's you know everything from Dropbox to if you, if you s- subscribe to the Microsoft fleet, you've got their SharePoint system where mm-hmm. you've you know, just got a regular file Google. saving system. Google's got Google, yeah, works Google here. Drive. Um, and you can just, you can save everything in the cloud. That way you can access it from your phone. You can access it from your computer. It all syncs together. It all works fairly seamlessly. Welcome to the future, Chris. That's awesome. Can you, uh, cast yep. yourself back to the mid nineties and imagine this, the uh, paragraph that you just said. Yeah. Right. That would have, yeah, that would have blown your mind. <laughs> it's pretty cool stuff. Yep. Okay. So that, and the, the point of the cloud storage then is accessibility in wherever you happen to be because hey you're in a truck you're not in front of your computer all day yep or if you have to step away from your computer go grab lunch or you have a meeting somewhere i mean there's a million reasons that you're going to be away from your computer yeah being able to access everything at any time is super handy okay all right so a lot of these have been uh really hard concrete uh what's what's the word i'm looking for objective things but 
the last category is the more subjective, your experiences. You need to keep track of your experiences, mm -hmm. not necessarily just counting on other people's scores or, you know, the, I don't know, <laughs> others' experiences with this or that company. You want your own notes, right? Yeah. yeah. Knowledge is power. And the more you know, the, the better you are. If you're anything like me, like I forget things, like I'll, I'm kind of like, I, I take in some information, use that knowledge to, to manage something that's going on. And then, and then I out. dump it. Not and, me, man. Steel trap oh, all the time. I'm jealous. I'm I, just so jealous of you, Craig. That, uh, this is not true <laughs> as the acronyms uh, suggest. So I can't remember any. Whenever I get a you know, little bit of wisdom or knowledge, I'm like, oh, that's a good thing to know. I'll go into a note system and, and write it down so that then I can go and, and use it. So the system, I've actually been using this for probably... I think when it from almost when it first came out, Evernote is the is the system that I use. It syncs on my phone with with I. So because I've got so many different businesses, I've got a home office, I've got two offices and office buildings, and then a laptop. So I I literally have um, three computers that I use and my phone, and Evernote and like the cloud system that I use. Everything they all sync across all five of those devices so that I can, you know, have everything I need at, at any given time. And Evernote does that really well too. So, you know, I can, I can take a, a note from my app on my phone. It'll show up on my computer and vice versa. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so you're talking about a, an app that is specifically designed for taking notes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we like specificity. That's great. But we just talked about a cloud storage system. Yeah. The, what's the one on uh, Mac? Um, um, the, I, SharePoint, SharePoint, Microsoft, yeah. SharePoint, but it's got Whatever. its own note-taking system. Right. Google has one. Google. Well, yeah. so that, that was going to be my question. If I'm already setting up a cloud storage system, can't I just put a folder in there with some Google Docs? Uh, is there is there a reason that you like having a specific note-taking service? Um, it, it's, just, it's clean and easy. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, I don't have to go into multiple, like I can open the app and it's right there and it saves everything. You You can essentially do the same thing with a Google drive and you don't necessarily have to do it. This is just Evernote's the one that I use. Um, uh, Apple has its own like notes, right? Uh, Evernote's just a little bit more. It's more elaborate. You can also manage your tasks and, and a few other things through it as well. Sure. And so uh, it, it's a system. Just I've, a little more robust. It's a little more robust than it's a system I've kind of gotten used to and using. I, I like it because it, you can essentially kind of just in your notes, you can create the same similar to a, a folder structure in like Explorer on your mm. computer or Finder on a Mac, you can do a similar type um, structure and you can, you can keep notes under specific categories yeah. and it, you know, it's handy that way. If, if you don't mind my two cents on this category, this is one of those areas where if you've never used a system like Evernote, and I know it's not the only one, like you say, but if you've ever used a system or if you've never used a system like it, then you don't know what you're missing out on uh, and you may like what you're missing out on. And so give it a try because they do have the categorizations yep. and the different tools that you're not going to get in a Google Doc. Now, that being said, give it a try for three months or something. And then if you find that all you're ever doing is just going in there and jotting down a note, well, you can use a Google doc for that. Uh, if you're, if you're truly not using the system to its full potential and you want to keep it simple, you can, but try the better system first yeah. or the more robust system, because it'll show you some of the possibilities. Whereas if you start saying, oh, I'm just, I'll just use Google docs. Uh, you don't know how much more organized you could be. Yeah. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. like Evernote, there's a free version of it too that you, and that may right. be good enough for what you need. I, I use the paid version. I think I pay about 60 bucks a year for it. Um, but it, it's been worth it for me. And like, I'll, I'll put, you know, I'll, I have a, you know, under Holland assets, I'll, I'll have a dispatching category and then dispatching. I'll have, for instance, this is how I use the notes. I'll, I'll have each state and I'll have a list of and for each state, different brokers that I've found I can find good loads for, for mm. each state. Uh, I'll have another note sheet where I, I put like what my best practices are. And, you know, I, I talk about not being able to remember things. Well, whenever I, I bump into something where like, Oh, that's something that's, that's important that I want to remember. I'll jot it down in that note section. And then once every few weeks or once a month, I'll go in and read through that note section again. And that'll, 
help remind me of, oh, I need to, yeah, I need to remember to do this until it becomes a habit. You know, it, right. as long as I put it in there in that note and I review the notes every once in a while, eventually it'll become a habit or it's eventually it'll just be something that I just, I remember. Yeah. Okay, Chris, uh, that was 10 different systems uh, that you use to organize the finding of loads. You'll notice we didn't even get necessarily to finding loads per se. This is all just setting up your system. Uh, but hey, that is the necessary step number one, right? Yeah. So a- any final thoughts on this one before we uh, move on to another episode where we delve into uh, you know those other topics? Yeah, no, the, uh, again, it's just it's just to summarize it. It's such a fast paced thing. You have to, and you have to pay attention to detail. You have to be organized. And so having these systems will, will help you do that. And it's, 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 it's critical. Okay. All right. So everybody stick around, make sure that you are subscribed. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, whether you listen while you're driving, whether you enjoy us on YouTube and I do see you YouTube viewers, um, make sure you're subscribed because like Chris said at the top of the episode, we're going to be doing three, four, maybe more of these about how to find loads. So get your systems set up. Uh, If you've never done anything like this before, then I would say just copy everything Chris did. I'm dead serious. Copy exactly what Chris said and then tweak to your uh, preferences, right? So get everything set up and we will be back, I think next month, with some more information on finding loads uh, and some numbers for December that I'm looking forward to. And we get to the uh, December 2023 financials. We'll see how Christmas went. Uh, all that all that uh, trucking that happens in December. We're going to find out how it, how it all went down. All right. Keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely. Chris, thanks for coming in. And everybody else, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. See you, Craig.